Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me once again is Colin Mitchell. I am definitely you with you, but we are on different parts of the earth. On, yeah, okay. I don't know about that. Like 30 minutes away. So, 40, 40. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so tell them what we're doing, Colin. Well, we're streaming in our own houses because due to unfortunate circumstances, we cannot be in the same room together like we normally are and feeding off of each other's energy. And we are instead 30 minutes away from each other, giving you the best podcast you could ever want. Exactly. Um, it was uh, this whole this whole weekend really has been just one long, long trip, Colin. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to tweet, tweet it out. Yeah, you did. Bernie's slacking. Right. Everyone's gonna. Everyone. Damn, nobody's gonna be in there. Okay, let me tweet it out. Football, <laughs> Colin. Uh, but for, what you should uh, do. I, I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain. So for those of you who may think that Bernie sounds different or I sound different, we we have a different mic set up, obviously because we're not in our normal studio type setting. So we apologize for the discrepancy between quality between Bruni and I. Um, but let us know if it's okay, if we need to change anything during the stream. If not, just enjoy, uh, enjoy the banter, I, I suppose. Um, but what are you saying? I'm sorry. I kind of cut you off. Twitch.tv slash Bruni's underscore breakdown. Correct? Yes. He asks this every time, but we're live. That's all I'm tweeting. All right. <laughs> okay. Yep. We're live. Anyways, uh, so what was I saying? Okay, so yeah, this has just been one really, really long week, and that's even before we get to the UNT UTSA game. Uh, basically, I left on about Wednesday to to my home, San Antonio. Oh yeah, Happy uh, Thanksgiving, everybody. That's true. Yes, Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I hope it was all. Hope it was great. Hope you ate a lot and watched the Cowboys win again. Uh, but yeah, we went. I went home, had Thanksgiving Wednesday, Thursday. Colin came down Saturday, uh, then we went straight to the game from there, and the game was something we will definitely talk about. Obviously, that's then, what they're here for. But Of course. And then today, on Sunday, we drove back, about another five-hour drive back, and got back, tried to record the podcast in person, couldn't do it today, went and bought a mic which we will be using for a few things, really, Colin. I That's mean, good. It's a, using... It was a great investment. Yeah, I, I agree. I've been putting it off, honestly, because I'm just cheap. So uh, it'll be nice to have a sec, have a little um, alternate option, I guess, you know, for when we, when something breaks, we can do an emergency podcast. I think that's the, that might be my favorite reason to have a mic. But I mean, also over Christmas break, um, we'll probably have to be doing this a majority of the time even yeah i mean who knows uh but yeah so just we are we have a backup plan now so so no worries now we got everything we can even do mail we can even do mail bags now oh that's kind of live that. like like we could just like on a tuesday night just be like hey send us your questions we're gonna yeah. answer them in a mail bag and then just yeah. answer them get on and answer them so i mean we'll see how all this goes so finally it's about 350 on sunday we're finally getting to the podcast, and we had about what five and a half hours of sleep. Had some Red Bulls on the way back, but we're we're ready. We're ready, Colin, because you know why? 
Why? Because North Texas once again defeated UTSA. 24 to 21, another close game. This time it was in the Alamo Dome. Colin, I just I I wasn't surprised that it was a close game. I mean, I guess we both predicted kind of blowouts, so I we, guess we, we can't say that. We but... both predicted blowouts, but there was a disclaimer in us both predicting blowouts that we said we wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was just another game like it's been. Right, which was, just like the Old Dominion, just like the Rice North game. Texas bangs out to some ridiculous lead, and then they just give it up, and then they don't score. Yeah, basically... That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was 17-0 North Texas right off the jump. UTSA comes back, cuts it to 14 to 17 with the help of with the help of a blocked punt and some other things. So 17-14 at halftime, then North Texas comes out and both teams score seven points in the second half. It was kind of a stalemate. Yeah. It was kind of a not very offensive game, I guess. That's probably the best wording I can use. Even though, even though the quarterbacks did have good games by their standards, I mean, even Mason ending with twenty six thirty one for three hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns, I wouldn't say he had played a great game. You know, yeah, it was kind of just like, you know, getting getting through it. And in the second half, he made some big passes, converted some big third downs to cap out the win. But uh, in the end, I don't, I don't think he's a guy that I mean, I'm gonna go back and remember this performance in in the Alamo Dome. No, and there was the one pass that is all over Twitter where it was that rollout and he threw that 50-yard bomb to uh, Michael Lawrence. But then after that, it was kind of nothing. There wasn't really any excitement to the passing game like we've been wanting in the second half or even after the first quarter almost. And like you said, the stat line, 320 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, it, there was nothing, nothing stuck out to me about Mason's game. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of an eh. Like I wanted to see more. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, definitely, the way the game ended was very exciting. However, UTSA having a chance to win, basically, walk, yeah. marching down the field with about two minutes left, two timeouts. They get down inside the 20 at one point. Uh, then the delay game and a Brandon Gardner sack, or an EJG sack, I'm sorry, on the last one, puts them back on their 31. They have to attempt a 48-yard field goal, and it goes left as time expires, and North Texas winds up with with a win um overall i'm i'm not sure what to take away from this game besides the fact that this team has kind of solidified themselves as a team that can't put away teams yeah uh, is that too hard no i mean i you could <laughs> i was i was gonna say you could even it's it, there the the wins like this where you win by a score or three points in this case over a really bad team kind of negates that SMU win or the FAU win or the, I mean, in terms of like remembering this team, like I'm going to looking back on the season, I'm going to remember this team as not being able to score in the second half. Basically. For barely beating Rice and losing to Old Dominion. Right, exactly. And, and barely beating Utah. I mean, sure. You'll remember, you remember the punt from Arkansas, but other than that, you're not going to remember much more from this season. I would say other than just how disappointing it's been in terms of, uh, See, well, I don't know about that. I mean, you still have Mason and Seth. I mean, no, but, still, but, but you, they're going to remember that for sure. Right, but it's not. It wasn't as exciting as it as I feel like it should have been. You know what I mean? I like think it's because our expectations were different. But would you say that this team is more exciting than last year's team? I wouldn't say they're more exciting, but they're probably. I mean, 
we'll, we'll have this argument after the bowl game, but I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made that they're better because I mean, defensively alone, they're just they're definitely better defensively. So I agree. I mean, that alone kind of puts you in a tough situation when you look at who's better. But more exciting, I mean, it's probably last year's team just because they pulled out close games. You know, that, they that, didn't it, lose, and, that, and that's what I'm games. saying because it's. This team makes mistakes where they shouldn't make mistakes, and there's that stat thrown around on Twitter everywhere where this North Texas and Alabama are the only two teams that have not been down by more than one touchdown or whatever, one score. And that stat to me is irrelevant because you have those disappointing losses. And the dis- I mean, like this game, although it was exciting, was a disappointing win in terms of what, what the production was on the field, in my opinion. I agree. I don't think anyone, I don't think most fans would disagree with that. I think when you watch this game, and you see UTSA be able to move the ball the way that they were able to move the ball. In the last 20 quarters, UTSA scored 30 points. And in four quarters against North Texas, they scored 21. I mean, when you any way you look at it, it's not a good performance by North Texas. But I do think it's a gutty performance to not lose it, I guess. Because I'm not going to say they went out and won that game. They did just enough to go win it. Or but to you, not lose it. But outside. you could even say that UTSA shot themselves in the foot with what they did at the end of the game. I mean, you give up, you you let the delay of game, you lose the five yards, and then you have the um, penalty, or the sack, sorry, the sack, and then instead of kicking the field goal with that timeout, then that's what you get. Yeah, um, of course, but that's that's what we kind of expect from UTSA, right? We don't expect them to be a crisp team. We don't expect Frank to have his team in complete order. We kind of expect them to make those mistakes. I agree, but I feel like it shouldn't have to come to that. I agree. No, as as North Texas fans, you have every right to be upset. As the North yeah. Texas, um, I mean, I talked to the coaches and players after the game. It was definitely a sense of relief, and it was a sense of thank God we didn't let that one go. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was just like that was kind of the consensus feel. Whether it was on Twitter, whether it was in the locker room, uh, even the dancing video after the game wasn't even hype. I mean, it was just Casey Martin running around there with Brandon Garner. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the the full team experience like we've come to expect yeah uh, and that kind of signals what we what the feeling around this team was i mean you go into a game that's against an utsa team that's not good by anyone's standards even conference usa standards i mean even though they've even though they beat rice and utep you wouldn't say that they're a step ahead of either one of them just because how they've played the last five games so this performance definitely shouldn't sit well with North Texas fans, but I think you have to take it. You have to try to build off of it going into a bowl game because the bowl game is really what matters, right? Uh, when you when we're, when we're you talk about when we remember this team, I think remembering this team as potentially the first win for Seth Ochoa in a bowl game could be huge. And I think this has to be like a step in that direction just because like they have to learn from this game over the next two, three weeks, when however long it is. Yeah, I, I agree too. I mean, the bowl game can change the outlook. I didn't even think about that when I was talking about when you're looking back on the season. Because if you win the bowl game, then it's like, okay, this team went ten and three, won a bowl game against probably a power five team, maybe unless it's BYU. Um, and I mean, that's that's obviously huge. Um, but when you talk about them trying to learn from UTSA, I feel like they've had half the season to try to learn. About I agree about you know not scoring the second half. Yes, they scored fourteen points in the second half, but it wasn't a convincing fourteen points. It was kind of like a limping. They scored in ten the, in the second. No, they scored seven in the first second half. They have oh I have I have they have they scored in the third quarter and then in the fourth quarter. 
They didn't score in the fourth quarter. Okay, well, this is wrong then. Sorry. Yeah, because it was 17-14 at half, and then both teams scored seven in the second half, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you only get a touchdown in the second half, and that was in the third quarter. You couldn't score in the fourth quarter when it mattered. So, and we yeah. that's been a pattern every single week. And I feel like, I mean, like you said, I don't really know if it's, if it's you know, them not wanting to take shots downfield, or if it's being super conservative, or if it's UTSA or whatever team that they played adjusting to them. I mean, I don't really think anyone knows at this point. The interesting thing to me was kind of going along those aggressive the aggression lines was that Mason Fine after the game because I I'd asked him before I'd asked him you know why does what what's the difference in yards per um, reception if from the first out to the second half what what's the cause of that and he told me before that it's just him needing to be more aggressive and him needing to be able to take the risk that he used to take we talked about on this podcast that. That's kind of a difference between last year's Mason Fine and this year's Mason Fine is his willingness to throw the ball deep and his willingness to take a shot that might not be open or give his receivers a chance to make a play. We right. talked about that before. Yeah. Um, and he said last night, he said at the beginning, um, for those of you who watched the game, he took several shots down the field, whether that was to Jalen Guy and whether that was to Rico Buzz and whoever. He took plenty of shots and one of those connected to Michael Lawrence. And after the game, he kind of just said, "I have to take, I have to take shots. I have to be more aggressive." Like it kind of, he came off as that he knew he wanted to be more aggressive going into this game. And in the first half, he was. In the first half, he was very aggressive. But in the second half, it was. Um, they ran the ball a ton. They ran the ball with uh, DeAndre Torrey and Nick Smith a lot in the second half, trying to chew that clock, you know. Um, and then Mason was kind of just more surgical in the second half. He completed yeah. his last 11 passes. I'd have to go back and look at how much they all went for. But he completed his last 11 passes, so he was surgical. But it, none of them probably went for over 10 yards or 15, 15 yards. Yeah. So that's um that's kind of the difference there is that you can complete 10-yard passes over and over and over, but eventually you're going to have to hit a big play to blow out teams like UTSA. I and mean, that's what we said before, at least. Yeah, like they they have to be aggress they they have to be the aggressors when they play a bad team. I agree. And, and I, I, in the second half, they just don't do that for the most part. And I think it was interesting when you said that they were trying to chew because I mean they would they did run the ball a ton. Um, John Jatoria with twenty four carries for one hundred fifty five yards and a touchdown. Um, but I feel like you need to get some kind of momentum offensively. That's like I want to see. I wanted to see fifty points, forty points. Something up there with Mason throwing three touchdowns, you know, to make it to where it was there was excitement going into the bowl game, but now it kind of feels like this team is just going to be stagnant again. And you mentioned, like I said, the um, chewing the clock and running the ball a lot. Why? You know what I mean? It's not like you the game wasn't over. I mean, obviously yeah, were, it wasn't. Fourteen, basically. Yeah, exactly. I, I Exactly. So, I mean, why why shoot the clock? Why not take more shots? I mean, that's how you got up 17-0 in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, they scored, I mean, they scored those 17 points basically five minutes into the second quarter. So, um, they scored it really quickly. So, they scored their first 17 points in the first third of the game. And then in the last third of the game, if I'm, if I'm doing my math correctly... In the first twenty, yeah, first twenty minutes of the game, they scored seventeen points, and then the last forty minutes, they scored seven. So it's kind of just a big 
difference there. I want to see Mason just be the aggressor, like you said. Obviously, I think UTSA kind of changed what they were doing defensively from the first half to the second half to kind of prevent that because in the first half, Mason said that they were, you know, just they were press man on the outside. Yeah. And that's why he they just had a one-on-one matchup on the outside. He just threw it. He just threw it up to Jalen Guyton and them. And so I do think UTSA changed a little bit there defensively, but I don't think it was a change that – how do I say this? I don't think it was a change that warranted such a different – such a contrasting play call, I guess, because – while they were able to run the ball really well, though, we needed we you acknowledge that you yeah said yeah DeAndre Torrey DeAndre Torrey was able to run yeah the he ball. was great, but we've said all season that the kind of the the trademark of this offense last year was the big play the the plays to Jalen Guyton where he catches the ball over a guy stiff arms a guy and finds the end zone, those are the plays that set this offense apart, and when you're running the ball with DeAndre Torrey and when you're hitting five to ten yard passes, that's not the trademark of an explosive offense. That's right. not what the Chiefs are doing. That's not what the Rams are doing. Those guys are hitting big plays. So that's kind of the difference. You can be a good offense when you run the ball well and you hit a lot of uh, high percentage of your passes, but you're not going to be the offense that kills teams. You're not going to be the offense that can put up 50 in a game any given time, even though they did that in the first four games. But since then, what have, what have we seen? And we're really just talking about conference. When we, t- when we critique this team, it's really just about conference play. You know, you can't when you go look at those first four games, you're not going to critique anything. They were beautiful. They were perfect. Right. But this is a different this is a different team. It really is. It's a different team than those first four games. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, But I think it is important to talk about also is we've kind of seen a pattern where average quarterbacks have kind of taken advantage of North Texas just trying to eliminate the run against them. We saw that against UTSA. We saw it against Old Dominion. We saw it against Rice. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the thing is, I, I've said it before, that I feel like Refit always has the mindset of not getting giving up the big play. So, they did give up one big play. They gave, gave up a 44-yarder. But other than that, they, I think that was their only pass over 20 yards. I'd have to go back and check specifics. But as, on the box score, it doesn't have any. any that's that's all I have as well. Okay. So, the longest one was 44 yards. But other than that, none others went over for over 20. And that's kind of what Refit wants. He doesn't want to give up the big play. So when they do man up the outsides, they're rarely ever impressed with nobody behind them. So they usually give a cushion. And that allows guys like, you know, Jack Abraham from Southern Miss, AJ Early, uh, Bryce Rivers from UTSA to kind of get in a rhythm and have success. I mean, we saw the Rice quarterback had a success. FAU's quarterback had some success. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Average quarterbacks have given North Texas problems, and it's kind of – I said last podcast that it would, be, it would be interesting to see them make UTSA beat them on the ground, right? It would be interesting to see them maybe even just only bring four, only bring three and drop and make – right and eliminate Bryce Rivers from – eliminate the, the pass game from yeah. UTSA's yeah. repertoire. But – they went with what they've always been doing, and the result was a huge game by Greg Campbell Jr., the receiver for UTSA. 11 catches for 186 yards. And Bryce Rivers completed almost 60, probably 60% of his passes, uh, 20 to 32 for one pick and one touchdown on 270 yards almost. Uh, it's it's the same thing that we've seen all season, pretty much. Bryce Rivers is 
no different than Jack Abraham, no different than uh, any of the mediocre quarterbacks that North Texas has faced. Um, the difference is that North Texas kind of just did enough in the second half to not let them let him kill them. Even though he did, he drove them down the field numerous times. Mm-hmm. But he, they did they did enough to get away with it in the end because they brought pressure and they made him uncomfortable, which is not what they usually do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could uh, even argue too, or, though, that they, when they're trying to take away the run, they, I mean, they didn't yesterday. They had, I mean, uh, I don't know his first name, but Brady. Uh, Brendan Brady. Is it Brendan Brady? Okay, yeah, he had uh, 11 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown with a 27-yard rush. And then is that Jalen Rhodes? Yep, Jalen Rhodes. Jalen Rhodes, nine carries for 44 yards and 27, again, as the long. So, I mean, it's like... It- you go to take away the run, but you still allow 131 yards rushing. And then on top of that, you I mean, they they could have easily won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have. Uh, the thing is, I mean, you give up 400 yards of offense to UTSA, and that's really bad because UTSA, UTSA's offense is terrible. Awful. They've scored They've scored 30 points their last five games. We've said it over and over and over. They couldn't score against UAB. They couldn't score against... Um, they couldn't score against, I think it was La Tech. They couldn't score against anybody, really. And so to give up to give up 21 points and 400 yards of offense and almost lose the game is very disheartening. Uh, they gave up two of two. UTSA was two of two on fourth downs. Yeah, um, they just... It, it's disheartening, I think. That's, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of depressing. <laughs> I also think it's important too to mention that um, North Texas went forward on fourth and one again. For some reason, that always just seems to happen in late game scenarios where the game is on the line. And again, they ran the ball on fourth and one and did not convert. Why? Why do they do that, Bruni? Um, <laughs> thing is, after the game, Mason kind of tried taking the blame. He was kind. Of, I had a chance to pull it. I could have pulled it out. Um, I don't. Thing is, it didn't even look like a quarterback op or read option though when it when it happened. But I guess it was, and he just didn't pull it out. If he pulled it out, they would have had a chance. But it just felt like UTSA sold out for the run, as yeah, most, most yeah, they teams they do sent everybody. Run. Yeah, as most teams do. So it feels like anything else would have had a higher chance of working than giving the ball to DeAndre Torrey up the middle. But you know that's what this team does is they give the ball to DeAndre Torrey up the middle. And they also we can't forget we can't forget when they had first and goal on the one yard line, and they ran it, got stuff, ran, ran it, it again, stuff, ran it again, got stuff, and ran it again, ran it three straight straight times. Oh no, yeah, then they kicked the field goal. And then they kicked the field goal from their three because they lost two yards on three runs. It's <sighs> That's it's bad. disheartening, but I mean they did win the game, Colin. We can't we can't dismiss that. And the defense had two sacks late. I mean, but the offense was able to move the ball down the field and kill some clock. I mean, they did enough to win the game. But is that whether, but is that good enough? No, it's not good enough against okay. UTSA. Okay. But they did do enough to win the game. You can't say that I don't think we can say that they deserve to lose the game. Even though they didn't play well. No, I don't still I, the more they didn't they didn't, they didn't make ridiculous mistakes. They didn't make mistakes that no, should have cost them a game. I, I mean four holds. Yeah, and the pick and the pick yes. but like i mean they didn't they didn't it wasn't just unnecessary yeah it wasn't just tons of unnecessary things it's just that they were being outplayed by a team that's significantly worse than they are yeah and at the end north texas just had more talent and so that kind of just 
you see it all the time in sports. Sometimes a more talented team doesn't play well, but they just win because they're more talented. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, would you say if they lost, like if they lost this game last night, is the season just just I mean just the worst? I mean, like in terms of <laughs> like when you look at it in the future, like would you look back and be like, oh, they lost to UTSA and they lost to ODU, and be it would like, be, it this would season's be bad. It pretty it'd be pretty it'd be pretty hard to look back overlook those yeah at that at this point uh especially with how good this team was or this how good they started i would just be terrible to end the season four and four in conference play but they pulled it out uh colin i forgot to ask you how how did you like san antonio san antonio was great i've never i've never been I'm from Michigan, so I've never I've never been to a lot of places in Texas, but you treated me to, to some taco places that were fantastic, and yes. I want to go back now, but it's okay. That place was we went to Las Palapas. That place is I had even, these fajitas. Oh, it's not even like a crazy Mexican. Yeah, it was a, it's, it's a it's chain. Like, they have like ninety of like them in what, San Antonio. It was just like whatever's open. I was like, oh, I mean, there's Las Palapas. It's all right. Went in there as the best shit Collins ever had. <laughs> It was so great. It was so fantastic. So yeah, we we we'll, we'll see. We'll see if Colin comes back sometime. Part two coming soon. Part two coming soon. We gotta vlog it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bernie's breakdown vlog. We'll stream it. We're gonna start vlogging. Oh, <laughs> um, well, we kind of we we started talking about it, Colin. We started talking about the season as a whole, right? But I kind of want to get more in depth about it. But I do want to preface this with saying this is the first time since I believe what it what it's nineteen twenty something, right? No, no, it's the seventies. Seven. That was seventy. It was like seventy-seven. I, I thought whatever. It was in whatever the seventies, first time since the seventies that North Texas has had back-to-back nine and three seasons. Sorry, nineteen twenty-one was uh, uh basketball. basketball. My fault. Yeah, basketball. That's the next podcast. Um, but. So it's the first time since the '70s that North Texas has had back-to-back nine and three nine win seasons. Seth is—he's—I mean, he's—he's he's done his job, right? You can't really argue that at this point. No, he's done his job. I—I I mean, I don't think I'm not sitting here, especially this year. I'm not sitting here like when I talk about the team being stale. Obviously, the head coach has to be responsible for for some of it, but like I don't feel like any of this is—I guess any of this. Yeah, I don't really feel like like when I think about it, I don't I don't I'm not sitting here like, "Oh yeah, Seth is the reason why this team can't score in the second half." You know what I mean? Like cuz he doesn't call the plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, he, maybe he should. Which I mean, that could go for that could be a different conversation for another for another day. But that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, Seth, why would you have them run it on fourth and one when really that was Graham or I feel like I mean, I mean, he had he does have override Power, right, he, he has override. He, he has override power, but I'm, but I'm saying I'm like this team hasn't failed to where it's like give me Seth's head. Of course, <laughs> I mean, of course, I mean it would take it would take it would have taken a much worse season to to reach that point. Because I mean, I think when the thing is about this nine and three season is that it just feels unfulfilled unless if they win the bowl game and they go ten and three. Because right now it's kind of like what could have been the season is just a big like what if well yeah because I mean, last year it wasn't yeah last year i mean the five losses they had were legit losses to better teams yeah so uh to four better teams i should say and yeah. and Sorry. i just 
I just think that uh, this year you can't say that La Tech is significantly better than North Texas, and you can't say you definitely can't say Old Dominion is better than North Texas, even though they both beat them. Uh, I, you can make the argument for Old Dominion, or I'm sorry, UAB, but it's I mean UAB hasn't exact isn't UAB isn't FAU last year, right? They're not. I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, and that stat where, again, I mentioned this uh, earlier, that stat where North Texas hasn't trailed by more than a score, you'd think with an offense that this is supposed to be that they could overcome that. Because, I mean, all of your losses came by less than a score or a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, so we look at La Tech. You had a blocked field goal, or two of them, right? Or missed one and then a blocked one. Against UAB, you have the fumble. And the th- the runs on fourth and whatever and third and whatever, <laughs> and then you have uh, Old Dominion, which was just, I mean, that was just sad. And we let's not get Bruni worked up about that again. But <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying I was very upset. I was, he, you I was were, you were. Mannered. But like even this game, I mean, this 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 game was, this game is just another red flag where it's can this offense be explosive? And we haven't. I mean, you could argue we haven't seen this since. Incarnate word, an explosive offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, actually, think back. I mean, SMU, yeah, Arkansas. We uh, we were like, oh, Mason didn't have that good of a game. It was the defense, which it was. And then you have UIW, and then after that, what do you have? I mean, Liberty was a good performance, but Liberty, Lauren, but Lauren Liberty again is, it's it's first year in FBS. You can take advantage of a team like that as the game goes on. Yeah, but if we're talking about just against any opponent, I mean, UIW. Not as an FCS school, right? Which is again that, that plays in my argument. That's what I'm saying. That that's the last game, which is against an FCS school, where this offense has been explosive. And uh, okay, you say explosive, you definitely mean explosive for four quarters, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm consistent, not not just coming out of the gate strong and then you know not being able to finish games. When you when yes. you I feel like when or, I feel like to have an explosive offense, you have to be able to you have to be able to score whenever you want. If that makes sense. Or yes, it does. It does. Also, we have to mention the Rice and Southern Miss games were both the opposite of those. They couldn't score initially, and then and they ended up putting up. Yeah, I mean, none of those, all those games, they couldn't score initially, and then they end up putting up over thirty points. In not UT, not UTEP though, but the other ones, they all yeah end up scoring. So it's kind of just a, it's been hit or miss. I think that's the main thing for this offense. So. so so we talk about you know nine and three seasons back to back. Which season would you say was more of a success? Success is different than which one's better, correct? Yes. Well, success is defined by your standards. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if obviously last season was a success, would you consider this season a success? This season's definitely a success. But is it more successful than last season? No, not for what we wanted out of this season. Even okay. though, let's not forget, I predicted this team to go nine and three before the season. Sorry. Right, but I think I think the three losses came in a way where we didn't expect it. You know, well, like, yeah, because I predicted I predicted them to lose to SMU, uh, Arkansas, and somebody SMU, else. Arkansas and La Tech, I think, with three losses. Yeah, I had. nobody so, thought ODU in yeah. that. Yeah, nobody ever. Correct. Yeah, it did. Uh, it'll be really interesting next week to, or not next week, whenever the, after the bowl game, whenever we do this podcast, to go back and look at my uh, ten bowl predictions. That'll be fun. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I know. I already know. I'm right on a few of them, so I'm gonna <laughs> ride those into the sunset. <laughs> to, into the end. 
until the I'm end. Gonna, never <laughs> ride or die, Bruni. I'm just gonna check off. I think I really think I probably got like seven of them right. I'm proud of you. I really did. Uh, we'll go through them on on one of those pod on a pod in a couple weeks after the after the bowl game. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I think we've talked enough about this season. Let's let's get into some some bowl games. Even though we've we've talked about bowl games on the, this this show before, but we kind of we heard something for the, like the first time, which I don't think we should have heard for the first time. I feel like we probably should have heard this somewhere some other time, but. <laughs> but the first responders bowl, most a lot of projections have North Texas playing BYU. It's interesting. You know, well, because it's supposed to be a Big Ten team, <laughs> and that's what we both kind of wanted. Because you have Purdue, like a Purdue come in and say you beat them, that could make up for a lot of things that has happened so far this season. You beat, I mean, I say you beat like a Michigan State. The name alone. You know, makes up for the season. BYU though is I, not a team to be slept on. They beat Boise State, right? Yep, Boise State. They also beat Wisconsin. Yeah. So um, the thing is about the Big Ten though is they have to have enough teams. If I understand this correctly, they have to have enough teams qualify for bowl eligibility. So they have to have enough teams win six games in order to get a team into that bowl. That's how low this first responders bowl is to them. Like. If they only have, let's say that goes to, let's say the first responders bowl goes to the eighth best team in the Big Ten, like the last, <laughs> the last bowl eligible team yeah. in the Big Ten. If they only have seven qualify, then they don't get it. Yeah, or it obviously sucks. there's not one for the for the uh, for the bowl game. So then they go to BYU or another team outside of the Big Ten. But Big Ten and Conference USA do have the rights to this bowl. From what I understand, that's exactly how it goes. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know any of that, so take a, take my word for it. Yeah, take take um, unless word. unless if I'm wrong, then type it in chat and let me know. <laughs> please, please add him on Twitter. Blow up his yeah, mentions. Do, do, do something. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think a BYU game would be would be something that I, I talk, we talked about this we talked about this yesterday actually before the, the UTSA game. Yeah. Is that I kind of like that. I kind of like BYU instead of a Michigan State game. Pot- I mean, theoretically. Potentially, obviously. Yeah, the- yeah, of course. Uh, but I kind of like that because I feel like this team needs a bowl win. More than last year's, way yeah. more than the first year's. This team kind of, I feel like, needs a bowl win. Like, this team needs to go 10-3 with the season they've had. Just just for just for the, uh, to get the weight off everyone's shoulder. Yeah, I mean, Does, doesn't it feel like that? Well, yeah, I mean, because if you lose the bowl game, that this you could argue the season's not a success. You very, could, I mean, you very could. easily you could argue that. I mean, you could because the goals that Seth sets. Right, and I mean, you go from one eleven to five and eight to nine and what was it last season? Nine and four. Nine and five. Nine and five, and you improve drastically from the five and eight season to last season, and then this season it's. I mean, like we just talked about, we argued that last season was more of a success than this season. So I feel like the this season kind of rides on that bowl game in terms of failure or success. Yeah, that I and I agree. I mean, as long as they can beat BYU and end the season with ten wins, I just think that it, I would rather have that than losing to Michigan State. Even though Michigan State is obviously a bigger team, they're you know, better team, Wisconsin or whoever, Minnesota, 
whoever the Big Ten could potentially give to that bowl game, I think I'd rather just have a for sure win. And I'm not saying North Texas can't be uh, a good, you know, Indiana team or Minnesota team or whatever, even though Minnesota beat the hell out of Wisconsin yesterday. Yeah. I just think that I kind of want the for sure thing, even though BYU is probably good and they have a good resume for the most part. I kind of just want the worst team here. It might sound selfish and I probably will probably disagree with that uh, because a win over any big 10 team will be better than a win over BYU. But I mean, I just, I think this team needs to win that 10th game this year. I agree. Um, This team at its best can beat a lot of good teams, but I I don't think they're that right now. So I think BYU is dead. I mean, just getting a win, like you said, is just super important. I mean, you lose to Army at home. You get destroyed by Troy. You, you do, you're you right. You do need this win to, to kind of and cap it, off And the it could potentially be at home. You know, it could potentially be yeah. in the Cotton Bowl, you know, Dallas. Yeah. So it's another another thing I think a, a home win would be nice. Yeah, uh, I agree. Colin, let's talk about something nobody wants to talk about. <laughs> What's that? Let's talk about something that absolutely nobody wants to talk about. So, uh, we have some rumors. Oh, we have, we've, we've heard some swirlings. <coughs> let's let's yeah, set everyone. Set everyone. You're, you're sick of them. Set everyone up. Set, what happened right. yesterday in college football? Well, yesterday in college football, Cliff Kingsbury was basically fired from Texas Tech. And today, and we all know Seth's affiliation with Texas Tech at this point. Uh. Today, there's been a report that North Carolina's head candidate for their job is Seth Luttrell, as well as Mac Brown. Mac Brown's in there. Shout out to Mac Brown. Uh, uh, He'll appreciate that. uh, I'm sure he will when he listens to this. Uh, Don't forget about Kansas State also. If Bill Snyder retires, that's another vacancy for Seth to fill. Um, Those are are the three ones right now that I'm, I'm... hearing on the twitter sphere it's also important to mention that uh seth was the offensive coordinator of north carolina for those who didn't know so there's ties there there's ties at texas tech running backs coach at texas tech i think he might have been oh i'd have to go back and check he was definitely the running backs coach he might have been the co-offensive coordinator for a couple years at texas tech even too or like two years before he went to uh north carolina so there's definitely ties at those two places We've talked before about the shortlist for Seth Luttrell. Uh, we talked about Oklahoma. We talked about Tech, even. Um, the thing about Texas Tech, though, is that there are numerous, numerous reports that Texas Tech doesn't want Seth Luttrell. They don't want an offensive head coach, basically. They don't want a, another coach from the Mike Leach lineage. And Claps. Yeah, claps. This is tougher since we're away. It probably sounds terrible. It's good it probably enough. probably sounds terrible. It's good enough uh but yeah so basically texas tech is not looking they're looking more defensive i've heard you know the defense coordinator from clemson uh but i just hear that they're kind of done with this offensive uh lineage that they've been trying to instill since mike leach and it just hasn't really worked out the way unless if you're mike leach of course so that could be good news that's great news i mean i think for for north texas fans i think that it doesn't mean much because unless if obviously North Carolina and Tech get filled, but here, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that 
Texas Tech and North Carolina, I don't think are miles. I don't think he has Texas Tech, you know, miles ahead of North Carolina and Kansas State. So, like, I think that if Texas Tech gets filled, but if Kansas State and North Carolina open up, if he wants to leave, he's going to leave. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. It's not like Oklahoma where, like, you're basically forced to leave. If Oklahoma wants you, you but have I don't, to go. But I don't, I don't really think that Kansas State is one of those teams where he's looking to go. Like, I feel like I, I would say Tech and you in North Carolina are above Kansas State. But here, here's what I'm trying to say is that I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't know if Texas Tech and Kansas State. I don't know how. I I don't know if Tech is way is above them. But I'm saying that there's definitely more upside at all three of those schools, obviously. And obviously, there's just they're bigger programs, so you have more money, you have more to go with. Even if the pay isn't as high or it's not significantly higher, I just I just fear that if Seth wants to leave, like I said, if Seth wants to leave for a bigger program. He's not gonna sit and uh, he's not gonna sit and wait. But if he's if he really is bought into North Texas and he wants to see out this Ace and Fine era, then he'll do one more year and then he'll go. And I mean, w- one more year of a nine win season probably we're we're assuming they there's a lot of turnover on this team, but one more nine win season I just feels feels like can really help him in getting a job because it shows consistency okay so then what about this then what if what if the rumors of uh mason fine transferring come to fruition if he goes to like a unc and he just brings mason with him what if that happens yeah yeah that's that's my second bullet here is mason burn it fine all down to burn it all to the ground uh, <laughs> yeah yeah basically the thing is uh the thing is mason's not gonna leave before set that's my firm belief. Right, I agree. I agree completely. But I, I, I do think that if Seth does leave, that he would be more than willing to maybe, you know, follow Seth and, you know, continue. Because there's no guarantee. I mean, especially when you get a new coach, quarterbacks don't aren't always the same when you get a new head coach. I mean, that's on every I level. Agree. So I, I think agree. I think Mason would really, really consider if he went to like a UNC or anywhere. He, I mean, those are power yeah, five conferences. Yeah. A graduate transfer, and then the that's his is, best chance. The thing is, I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not I'm not a North Texas diehard fan like a lot of people that cover the team or not cover the team, but a lot of people who who keep, follow the team. Keep, yeah, a lot of people who follow the team are diehard North Texas fans. I'm not one of those. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm gonna cry if Mason leaves. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> The, the posters of Seth Luttrell's face on my wall. It's um, that's upsetting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, everybody. <laughs> but so the thing is, I completely understand why Mason would want to leave if Seth leaves, and I don't. I just don't see how people can be like. He. I just don't. I just don't understand the the theory of. This is the only school that offered you, and you have to stay here. That's a dumb idea. This is a school that he started at. This is a school where he built his legacy up. This is a school where he's built himself up. He's built himself a, built himself a reputation, and he can capitalize. He can capitalize on that however he wants. Whether that's transferring, whether that's going to the NFL, where whatever that is, he deserves to capitalize on that because he's been tremendous. He's given three years to this program, and I think he deserves to do whatever he wants. Obviously, 
if Seth doesn't leave, there's no chance in him leaving, in my opinion. But if Seth leaves, then at that point, like you said, just burn everything. Because I, <laughs> just, I just, just I, I think, I think Seth Mason has a good chance of being gone if Seth leaves. But I'm putting the chances at Seth leaving right now at probably 25%. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think uh, 25%. I think is a good number because I don't really see him wanting to leave yet. Like you said, it's good to have that resume kind of get maybe like a third nine one season, like you're saying. Um, but again, if you if the opportunity is there, why not? You know. Yeah, I mean, there 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 is an argument to be made that you have to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, you have to go for it while you've won back to back nine win seasons. Because who knows? I mean, injuries happen, stuff happens. Maybe you only win seven games next year, and that's definitely a big drop off. And that definitely, with a quarterback like Mason Fine, if you only win seven games, that's not something's it. wrong. Something's wrong. And uh, obviously, that's assuming no catastrophic, you know, injuries or anything like that. But right. stuff happens. So I understand that argument completely. I would not be. Um, I don't think he. Sh- I'm not gonna say what he should or shouldn't do because it's kind of tough. I see it both ways for sure. Yeah. And it's and it's obviously not my money, not my job, not my uh, living. So it's kind of tough to say what he should do. But I understand it from both sides. I just don't think he will. For the most part, I like I say, I think it's like twenty five percent. Yeah, I agree. And then, and then once that happens, once that twenty five percent is taken into account, I think you probably, if if he leaves, I think it's probably a fifty fifty that Mason goes with. So, I I'd argue more than that, just because, like I said, I mean, Mason knows that if if the, if the door is open, if Seth goes to North Carolina and goes, "Hey, Mason, you want to come along?" Mason doesn't say no to that. There's no way he says no to that. I national attention power five conference is, chance to start it's and it's not like and i'm not sitting i'm not uh, like i'm not trying to fuel something that's 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 not actually happening because right yes, now mason, yes mason is here to stay seth is here right now but if this does happen i'd be like mason if you have the offer please my son go be <laughs> go be play with, in the acc yeah go go play and go i mean try to i mean because like you said, he's given everything this program, and if his goal wants to be to get in the NFL, that's his best chance if he performs Honestly. at a high level. So, if 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 Seth opens the door, I don't think it's a matter of when you say it's fifty fifty. I don't think the matter of, I don't think it's fifty fifty on Mason's decision. It'd be fifty fifty on Seth's decision to be like, "Hey, come along." I yeah. think I think it the I thing- think it, I think it's almost a hundred percent chance that if Seth goes, "Hey, come with me," he goes. Yeah, that's a very good argument. I can't really combat that because I I can definitely see that happening. So, uh, but again, this is all hearsay right now. Right, this this is what ifs. This is this is well, the land of of what ifs. We will know a lot more in a month after North Texas plays their bowl game. Uh, when North Texas plays its bowl game, we're going to start hearing a ton of stuff. We're just going to start. We're going to rumors are going to flood through the door for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I think Tech is going to start moving pretty quickly. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised they're gone immediately. Almost, we'll know about Bill Snyder pretty pretty early for Kansas State and then North Carolina. Uh, there's already been sites writing about Larry Fedora being gone. So being gone. So, uh, but again, for North Carolina, it's kind of the same thing. Do you want another coach just like your old coach? Because yeah, Latrell and Larry Fedora are BFFs. But then you could also argue that when Latrell was there, they went to a they were in the college football playoff. So they, they were they they were good. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of unpacking here, I think for Seth and there's a lot he has to weigh in these conversations. But the good thing is Ren Baker and the president have definitely paid him. Yeah. Like he's not gonna, he's not getting underpaid paid here. No, he's it, it, some be, money. it would be, it would be strictly a, I'm trying to better myself decision. I don't know. I don't know what the what the exact wording of that would be, but it yeah, it, no, it, it. it would not be it would not be I need to get paid more type of decision because he's getting paid a lot. He has five years. I mean, he has any sec- financial security that he needs here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe Tech could offer him a little bit more, but I mean, Kansas State and UNC are not going to offer him significantly more at all. So again, unless that Oklahoma job comes up where you have to take it, uh, well, it's going to be an it's going to be a it's going to be something that has a lot of different angles you can look at it. Apogee, so that's something. Apogee would be burning if Oklahoma, if Lincoln Riley went to the Cowboys or anywhere. Went to the Cowboys. <laughs> or the Browns. Or, or the Browns, but, yeah. Uh, if Lincoln Riley leaves, that's going to, we have to have a podcast just in that self. Yeah, that's, that's just a, that's an hour of talking about what's going to happen, like every every possible scenario. Look, you, you think if we start a, you think if we start a petition, we can get Seth on this podcast? How many um, do I don't you think know. If I'd, I'd be scared. To have, I'd be very intimidated. because <laughs> oh, you've never talked to Seth. See, that's, that's fair. Me and, I'm not me and to Seth. Seth are me and Seth are, are buddies. We're compadres. I feel like I feel like he'd he'd sit there and just kind of like stare at us while we talk, and then we bring something up, and then he just kind of you know give that that Seth press conference look and just be like, no. <laughs> this is exactly how this is good. This I'd ask him like a super safe question about like <laughs> super safe. See exactly like, super safe question. <laughs> like I'd be like, so Seth, uh, how do you feel like y'all season went? Like, well, well, I just I don't know if we can do better than what we did this year. And I really give the team a lot guys. of credit. <laughs> you gotta give the guys a lot of credit. They went out there and they did their thing, and they. Uh, I just feel like we need to do better. And so yeah, that's and then, exactly and, how that and would then, go. And then the pod would end. And then it's over. <laughs> it's a pod two minute podcast. <laughs> At that point, we just we shut it down. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we please to, post a petition on the board. Start start a petition, somebody. I will sign it. Has to be VIP board. only on the board, by the way. So yeah. please please subscribe to twenty four seven Sports so you can get all of your content from Matthew Bernie. Our hundreds of subscribers are going to start this thing. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> get Seth on the pod. Hashtag it. Somebody hashtag it. I'll hashtag it. It's gonna be hashtag it. Dex. I'm, I might add. No, I'm not gonna add him. I would never add him. <laughs> Just I'm scared. No, <laughs> choke slam me. Choke slam. Pull pull out a wrestling move on me. <laughs> he's he's gone, man. That's the that's the funniest thing when whenever they talk to Seth about wrestling or fighting. Oh, at the it's press service FAU, yeah, hundred percent the best. That was the fin- most fantastic thing you could have ever asked him. Literally, I mean, just the image, the the image in everyone's head of him getting an actual fight is terrifying. Like, imagine it... Seth coming at you. <laughs> just imagine it. The scariest thing ever. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hope I'm he listens saying. to the pod. Oh, he a hundred percent does not. No chance he does. Uh, but I do want to touch back on all right. All seriousness, I do want to touch back on the Mason thing, the whole Mason incident, because he let out a big statement on that on Twitter, uh, basically saying that it kind of you know it 
it caught him off guard and he he wasn't ready for it or he it was so just ex- like explain 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 it from the thing. beginning explain it from the beginning so explain explain how the rumors got brought up and then the story that came out and then his response so so initially so it, for those who don't know yes yeah so i'm there i'm there every tuesday you know for for the media availability and we talked to mason and everything and then afterwards i go and interview other people and then i hear a story came out about mason and so i go check it out and it's you know him basically it's on it's on the den record chronicle um it's not anything the thing is the story itself is not controversial like the the story just includes quotes from mason fine that are from mason fine so you can't argue it like that the story is bs you can't say that the story is like oh that's a lie it's yeah, not this, a lie mason it, was fine not, is, it wasn't a lie but it was you know you could have added more context I suppose, argue. but yeah. the thing is, Mason Fine did say that he considered transferring. That's, yeah, that, that's those, the first those thing. came out of his mouth. Those words. Came that's out of the his first mouth. thing is he said, "I considered it, but I found a home here. I love it here. I want to play the next." That's basically, that's essentially what he said. If you want to find the full thing, it's on the Den Record Chronicle newspaper uh, site. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the response that people had to that. Which is um, basically, basically, I mean, everybody was just—I don't know—I don't know how to word this in a. In just a say it. This manner. is the Bruni's breakdown pod, and you cussed earlier in the pod, so basically, just say basically, it. he no, basically, he just said, basically, everyone was just freaking out and saying that this is ridiculous, this is BS, this is uh, ridiculous, and then some fear set in because some people started fearing. thinking about it. Yeah, right. Um, and there's a good reason to fear. Um, we we do have a question too. Uh, that just popped up from Babe Ruth Bomber Eight. Why would he even consider transferring? And we'll, well talk. We just talked about that. Finish I mean, finish what you were saying, and then we'll talk. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll visit okay. that. So then again, everyone. That's the second the second thing that happened was the response. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's saying either a the story was BS or that. They were scared that Mason actually thought about it because, you know, we're the first school that offered him. You know, we're the only school that offered him. We built him up to what he is today. No, he did that. But anyways, the third is Mason Fine's response to the response. And that was essentially him being like, you know, this this is all taken out of context. I was I didn't mean what I said. It caught me off guard. I was trying to be polite. Uh, when the question was asked to me, I was just trying to answer it, you know, like I usually, I was trying to give him, you know, an answer. And while that's all fine, I mean, again, it, he did say it, like you said, he did say it. You can't, can't deny that. Um, whether or not the question was coded, whether or not the question was vague. Right. We don't, we don't, we don't know what, thing. we don't know what was asked. We don't know, you know what I mean? Like again, context. Yeah. I mean, for, for all we know, he could have said. Uh, the, the question could have been something like, "Have you ever thought at all about transferring?" Yeah, I, I mean, mean that that I could mean, have been as simple as that, and Mason could have been like, is, "I guess now that you mention it, sure, maybe I could have." You know, yeah. and so yeah, there wasn't he didn't he didn't go up to Seth and sit down with him and go, "Hey, should I transfer?" He's he was basically explaining that that's not that, that did no not way. happen. None of that happened. It was he only thought about it the second the question was asked, and he said, "Well, I guess I could consider that, but I didn't actually put thought into it." He he didn't sit at home one night or in his dorm one night, and go, should I transfer? That didn't well, happen. I don't know. We don't know that. Well, as he I'm basically, but what he said in the thing, he said there was no thoughtful contemplation. 
Okay, that he did say that. That's correct. He did. He did say that he didn't like spend like a period of time thinking about this. Right. That's that, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. It was just an impulse reaction, uh, impulse um, answer. So he kind of set everyone to bed. He kind of put everything to bed. He said he wants to spend the next four years, or he said he wants to spend the rest of his career here. He loves it here. Yada yada. Um. That tweet, you know, got like fifteen hundred favorites on. Everybody was happy, rejoiced. <laughs> had had rejoiced. to point, had had to point that out. The fifteen hundred. Our favorites. savior is has not left. That's, yes, that was that was the response. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh, yeah, I just that was basically the whole the whole thing. And to answer the question of why would he want to leave, we kind of talked about that already. But why would you not want to 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 have a chance at the NFL? You have to kind of it just graded it greatly improves your chances if you go play in the ACC or the Big Twelve, right? That's not a secret. That's yeah. not a that's not something that's shocking. It's just you to might prove look that at, you can play with better competition. Yeah, and you might look at Mason Fine or anybody might look at Mason Fine and say he can't make it to the NFL. He's five eleven. He's got a good arm. He's, I mean, he's really good, but he's not. You know, he's not Jared Goff. He's not Sam Darnold. He's not Pat Mahomes. Like he's not one of those guys. But to Mason find you maybe you want to give yourself a chance. Maybe you want to go play on that on that stage and see what you can do and see what you could be. Because the last thing you want to do, in my opinion, is live with those regrets. And if again, if Seth stays, I think his only mentality is is I mean, definitely his only mentality is let's make this team go undefeated and let's force our way into a bigger stage. That's right. gonna be his mindset. Because if he, Seth leaves, then we don't know. Because he's gonna, he's gonna, he needs national recognition to have any hopes of getting drafted, let alone undrafted. Um, so, and like we talked about earlier, if if you want to go back and listen to that whole spiel of me and Bruni, just rewind in the SoundCloud pod. But I mean, basically, if Seth leaves, I mean, if, if Seth opens the door to him and says, "Hey, come with me," why wouldn't you take it? Because he's not I, going anywhere worse than North Texas. And you're going to be playing against better competition. And if you're able to perform at a similar level to what he's playing right now, I mean, that's everything. Yeah. I mean, I I just don't know. I just don't see the the mindset of he definitely shouldn't do that. Like, you can say as a fan you don't want him to do that. I completely understand. As a fan, I mean, as a writer, I don't want to see him leave, right? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to see Mason Pine play. Come on. Like, he's fun to do watch. this to me. Don't do this to me, Mason. I want to see you play. I want to write about you. I want to interview a great player. But I mean, you can't. You can't knock somebody. It's not like it's Kevin Durant going. This isn't the Kevin Durant this, situation. This well, is this is different. Trying to yeah. This is completely different. This is completely different. Kevin, the if we're going to compare it to that, Ke, the Kevin Durant <laughs> situation was he joined the team that beat him, even though he gave him a series. I mean, he it was the seven game series. You know what that's like. You know what this like. It's like uh. Because Georgia lost to Alabama. Let's say Georgia lost to Alabama and Jake Fromm went to Alabama. That's what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. Georgia. So there you go. But this isn't that. This is a completely different league. This is this like... Is, this, is a, this, is, this is a player trying to better himself and trying to better his chances of fulfilling his dream. Whereas yeah. the Kevin Durant thing, sure, maybe that's what he wanted to do, but it's kind of... Nothing Mason Fine is, is... Mason Fine transferring does not make him a snake. That's all. That's all. A snake, then you're a snake. That's that's all. I mean, that's that's the best way to put it because I couldn't think of another way. <laughs> what exactly. Kevin Durant did could be considered snake-like. <laughs> so, 
this is not that. This is not anywhere near that. This is like think of it as like him getting a promotion. That's what this is. That's what that would be. Be happy for him. Yeah. This is all hearsay again. But yeah. I we want to we want to address we wanted to address the this. elephant this in the room. room. Yeah, the we wanted we wanted to address it because a lot of people care about it. First of all, I mean, a lot of people are worried about it potentially in the future. So that's why we have to address it. Do I think he's going to leave? No. Do I think Seth's going to leave? Leave? Like I said, I put it at like a 25% chance. So take make of that what you will, but I'm going to stick on this. I, if I had to bet, I'd say that both of them are back next year. There you go. Anything else, Colin? Uh, I, I think, uh, I think, do we have any, do we have any fun games today? Something, nothing over under? No, we don't have any fun games, Colin. We were driving for six hours. You think we just pull fun games out of our heads? We can. You can't have fun after you drive six hours. You don't want to pull a rabbit out of your head like Jason Witten? Yeah, like Jason Witten. (laughs) (laughs) You can't can't have fun after you drive for five hours, right? I'm here just... I'm here just... Bruni's actually in pieces right now. I'm in pieces. I don't know what to say. That's why we couldn't have the pod. (laughs) Bought this mic. Terrific mic. I don't know what else I'll use it for besides the podcast, but it's going to be fantastic. Is there anything else I can use this for? Whatever you want, anything. Yeah, uh, school project maybe. There you go, and for the one year left that you have. Oh, one year, man! When you say it like that, it just sounds so long. <laughs> it's not oh, long at all. Another year when all of my friends are graduated and everybody in the world is graduated. Except for everyone that's still in school, but yeah, everyone anyways. not. Anyways, graduated. anyways. Um, all right. I think that's it. Um, but hey. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go to SoundCloud. Follow. Follow, yeah, follow the stream first, and then yeah. follow Bruni at MattBruni25 on Twitter. Follow me at CJH Mitchell on Twitter. Um, subscribe to 24-7 Sports or Mean Green 24-7 Sports to get all the content you want because Bruni's a fantastic writer and will do whatever you want him to because he's like a slave almost. Jesus. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, and follow us on SoundCloud. Bruni's oh, Breakdown and Podcast. SoundCloud. Yeah, if you're listening on SoundCloud, thank you. Uh, add us on Twitter with your questions. If you're listening on the stream, thank you. Uh, basketball Pod is next.